0: Yeah, we were doing GeoGuessr, and uh, we were actually in in New York neighborhood, in, uh, in my... Cypress Provincial Park. Huh? Oh, Which, like that's an like... awful park. <laughs> yeah, but they, like that the, they... it looks amazing though, like the whole mountains and everything. It's like, wow. I don't.
1: Uh... But you know, it isn't a big city. Uh... The Halcyon Frequency Podcast. This is kind of a, a special episode. We're uh, doing a little themed episode where the, the three of us, myself, Blind News Hosting, uh, 2D, Kiri, and Bellinare are going to be talking about how we got into streaming. So kind of before um, I, I, I jump into the topics of this episode, I just want to, to say hello to everybody. So Kiri, how are you doing today?
2: Hello. Um, I'm okay, I guess.
1: And uh, Belinair, how's things been? What's up? It's been a while since we've had you on.
0: I'm doing good as well. I'm, I'm, I'm being annoyed by our current postal strike. Because I, I managed no. to buy something really nice for a really cheaper, and now it's stuck in the mail for who knows how oh, long. Oh, that's
2: annoying. <laughs> Do you
1: have, like, yeah. a tracking number where it's close enough that you could it It's not
0: even posted yet, uh, because uh, they don't pick up the packages. Oh. So it's still at the <laughs> seller. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. That, huh.
1: That's really bad for, like, every online business in existence. Yeah. That gets sorted quickly. Yeah,
0: it's been uh, almost a week now, so. And they uh, failed uh, to uh, settle the strike today, so it's going to be at least till Wednesday.
1: At least it's a quick strike, then.
0: Yeah, well, like... the postal strike is basically just supporting the like the transportation strike union, or whatever they're, who's okay. like a moving cargo, they are on strike, and the postal service are supporting it.
1: We we had a public transit strike a, a couple of years ago, and it was just like, oh yeah, all of the buses are running at fifty percent.
0: Oh yeah, Th- those are also supporting. Great. So and and the, it's uh, the ski holidays. Uh, in part of Finland currently in the southern Finland so a lot of people are worried that they're not going to get to their uh, holiday destinations because of the trains and buses and everything might not be actually going that sucks
2: that's going to be stressful
1: well I mean hopefully um, hopefully they get what they want quickly and they get their pay quickly and they get their vacation days quickly so that everybody else can go back to normal yeah (laughs)
0: And I get my generally chaos night. So
1: hope that those end. Um, but, but like but I said. How are you,
2: blind? You just I should say you're here, I'm, but how are you? Yeah.
1: Geez, I don't know. I'm hosting. Um, I'm drinking coffee. I made brownies last night.
0: They look dirty.
2: I saw a picture.
1: While mm. doing leg day. <laughs> so, like, I. Did I, you I, bake the brownies I, with your legs? No, I, I did all of the, the, the baking stuff for the brownies. I put them in the oven and then I worked out yeah, until the day. Okay. <laughs> Which was like a 40-minute workout, so my legs are sore. Although I did kind of well dawdle in the middle and listen to a podcast and other things. But yeah, it was, they, they were pretty good. I, I ate two of them. And so now I have like five brownies left. The, the problem is like, no, f- four brownies left. The, the problem is like um, doing the math to figure out how much I need to give myself in injections before Mm -hmm. i eat brownies because it it came it came the whole thing came out to uh 369 carbohydrates so it's like 60 ish carbs per brownie which isn't so crazy it's like better than your average sugar cookie but but still it was actually a, a recipe i got off of my discord from one of the people on my discord server made brownies and posted pictures of them like i I, i'm like jokingly i was like i want that recipe and then they posted a picture of the recipe like of the like cookbook they're like this cookbook's older than me and i was like excellent (laughs) 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 i mean
0: that's just makes sure it's it's a good cookbook. yeah yeah cook pretty cook The, the the
1: the the description of it like the the way it was written was also really funny it was like um like it talks about mixing everything together and then says Put it into the oven for around 40 minutes ish and like just make sure that you take a look at it after about 38 because you don't want it to cook all the way through you want them soft in the middle and it's just like written like somebody just kind of like like spoke it out loud at somebody who then wrote it down it was very funny mm-hmm.
0: we actually had a good discussion about uh, diabetes on my discord earlier uh, the other yep. day and uh, a lot of the people on my stream tend to be older like 40 50. For some reason, uh, so it's a uh, something that Common many topic. of them are. Uh, yeah, basically. And uh, then uh, someone is saying that um, uh, one of the Discord members calls uh, this other guy, who's a little older, like fifty something, uh, uh, always calls him the sugar daddy. And then someone is <laughs> saying that we need to be careful, or is he's is he going to start calling everyone uh, sugar daddies. And then uh, I, I replied to that, that uh, I think we just established that we none of us can have sugar.
1: High blood sugar, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah I, I don't know I've been okay I've been a, I've been a bit in the uh, mental dumpster this past week for some reason I ask my brain anything I don't know why um,
0: so but, it's always this uh, time of know, the year uh, for me as well it's like I
1: don't know if it's dark and an grey and thing. miserable outside like three and weeks.
0: Like, yeah.
1: it doesn't really matter what time of year it is it's like I get like two weeks of okay brain and then one week of bad brain mm-hmm. it just works like
0: that but. I'm just so waiting for our winter to be over and have some uh, sunlight and greener uh, stuff outside yeah, true. again. When
2: was the last time the sun came up?
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not up <laughs> when the sun is up. Uh, that's the problem.
2: Oh, true. So, that yeah, makes probably, it even more difficult. Yeah.
0: It's
1: probably up for like two hours or something, right? No, it's,
0: it's a little more. It's like six hours or something, I think, uh, currently. I can quickly check. Uh.
1: It's very easy to sleep through.
0: <laughs> it is. And it, it's like, in, because it's in the middle of the day when it's up. Uh, so you go to school or work, you go inside a big building, you don't see the sun in the morning and then you go when you finish job or school or whatever and you go home, the sun is already down. So even normal people don't really see the sun.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, uh, and then also when $9 it hours up, currently. It, it's it's like it, middle of the December December here, we're like cuz in the middle of December here, like the sun comes up at like 10 a.m. ish and it goes down at like 3:30.
0: Mhm.
1: Um which isn't too bad but like we, we only have about two weeks of that, and then it like, goes back to normal. But like, during, it's hard to explain for people who live further south than this because when the sun does that, it doesn't actually go that high up. Like, no, it just, doesn't really feel like the sun actually – even if the no, sun is peaked. out, it doesn't feel like, like the sun came out.
0: It's like, hello, I'm gone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of up, down.
0: Yeah. So currently the sun goes up at 8 and goes down at 5 p.m., which is basically when you go to school and when you <laughs> leave school or work. <laughs>
1: yeah damn well the theme of this episode is uh how we got into streaming um so i'm not entirely sure how we are how we should start this but uh we kind of have this little timeline here written down and i i think um because me and bell and air started streaming way earlier than kiri did yeah i think the way we're gonna do this i'm gonna start this off with bell and then maybe i'll take over and then kiri can take over after that and I just want to ask, pose the question. Um, how did you find Twitch and streaming? Belliner,
0: go. So I actually wanted to start YouTube uh, first. Uh, because, sure. well, Twitch wasn't mm-hmm. even a thing. Uh, and not, not even JTV wasn't really a thing uh, when I was starting. Uh, because I, I didn't have any method to really record my voice. Uh, uh, because I didn't have a microphone. And I also think the Windows version I had uh, didn't really support easily recording voice or anything. So, I didn't end up doing it. And uh, I always really wanted to because I watched, uh, like, Avok, for example, and uh, uh, Quill and everyone doing, like, a Dwarf Fortress, actually. (laughs) And then, like, (laughs) similar games. And I was like, I want to do that as well. And then I kind of forgot about it for for years. Uh, And uh, I I really liked watching uh, StarCraft tournaments. uh, And uh, they were doing it on uh, this weird site called JTV. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, there are some uh, tournaments every weekend or so. Um, and I was watching those. Uh, and then uh, it moved uh, to Twitcher uh, eventually. And then one night there wasn't uh, a tournament at all going on. So I was like, what else is on this site? There's like weird people and. Oh, hey, they're playing retro games! Because I really liked retro games like, at the time as well. And I was watching then a bunch of retro games. Uh, well, I still actually watch it today even. Uh, and uh, then I found, oh, there's people playing XCOMs and whatnot. And I want to do that as well instead of the YouTube stuff. Uh, and then eventually when I got a, uh, a new PC, I was like, yes, now I can do some streaming. And uh,
2: That's very really cool.
0: At first I started doing it. Uh, it was actually Victor of Rana, that action RPG that came out apparently uh, in 2015-ish. And um, I started with that, without microphone, kind of testing it. And then uh, pretty quickly moved to streaming in Dwarf Fortress uh, for like uh, for six months. was nothing but Dwarf Fortress. Which is kind of funny that uh, now... It, when the Steam version came out, it's kind of going going back to the roots. Uh...
1: So for me, with, with, with content creation, like way back in the day, it was, again, YouTube. Um, I think I technically uploaded videos to YouTube in like 2008 and 2009 quite a bit um, over two different channels. One was like, <clears throat> actually, no, three channels. One was a channel that me and a friend had, which I think is like now just gone. I th- I'm pretty sure he deleted it. Um, where me and him made, like, Lego stop-motion videos and um, random things that we would, like, film with his film camera and then, like, put into some version of Windows Movie Maker um, and make horrible, like, little skits and things that, you know, we did when we were, like, kind of little kids. I'm pretty sure those got uploaded to YouTube at some point. I think we did, like, two or three of them. Um, as well as a couple like lego stop motion things which we literally did with a film camera where we would like take photos of them um so i did some of that in the early early days i I had another channel where i want to say like i made videos on like how to use u-torrent and stuff in like 2008 (laughs) on a different channel (laughs) Um, when some of those videos like actually got like a non-trivial number of views which is weird like none of them had my voice on them they were just like here's just like a shot of my computer monitor and then just like text on screen. Um, again, like I just used, like, I I think at that point I was using, uh, like a, uh, cracked free trial of Vegas, something or another. I think it was Sony Vegas at the time before it got bought by whoever owns Vegas now. Um, and, uh, so that was kind of where I got cut my chops editing video back in the day um this was like back when i only had internet for like three hours a day too so like uploading videos was tricky and i don't think my parents ever even knew i was uploading videos then later i made an, another youtube channel where i uploaded music too because i was writing a lot of music back then um i still do write music now i just don't publish it anywhere <laughs> um and uh then did that for a bit and again some of them got a non-trivial amount of views but like nothing like close to monetizable. Um and uh I remember I, I sold a piece of sheet music actually to my cello teacher, which is something that like <laughs> sticks with me. It's like the peak of my music writing career. Um <laughs> and uh then knowing him, he probably like put it in a book somewhere. Um and then uh after that I eventually <clears throat> started finding gaming on YouTube and I was playing I was playing games and I had a youtube channel where i may i like because i had like six youtube channels in the early day i had a youtube channel for a bit there probably around 2009 it would have been where i was uploading montages of various free-to-play first-person shooters i was playing at the time so like allegiance of valiant arms combat arms uh crossfire uh counter-strike 1.6 counter-strike source i made montages out of all of those full of copyrighted music and whatnot so none of that was monetizable um but like good times and uh had had a lot of friends uh, who would, like, send me replays of their games, and I would, like, spend a weekend, like, editing together their replays um, and killstreak montages and stuff like that. Sort of like, you know, how a lot of people cut their chops on, like, editing, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, editing uh, Call of Duty stuff, but I never had Call of Duty, so... Um, nor did I have a capture card, so I wouldn't have been able to really do that back in those days. Anyway, um, and then... Eventually, I remember, and I, I know it was 2009 because that's when this game came out. I remember seeing a live stream, and I'd seen live streams before, but they were always like, I guess, early days IRL stuff with like vloggers and stuff, talking uh, at a camera and just doing like live Q&As. But I, I remember stumbling upon a, a live stream of gassy Mexican, c anners and I can't remember who the third person was. I think it, it was either three or four people, and I can't remember who the other two were, but I know it was gassy Mexican and C-Nanners who... Both still make content. Gassy Mexican still streams, and C Nanners uploads videos sometimes and streams occasionally. Um, And they were playing the first Borderlands on launch day, and that came out in two thousand nine, and it was on Ustream. And I remember going, "Wow, that is the coolest thing ever!" And I remember like passing it around to my friends. They play video games live on the internet. You can like watch this stuff. And a friend of mine Mm -hmm. goes, yeah, like there are other websites that stream occasionally. And they were like, wow. And we all started watching and I was watching it like 160p because that was what my internet could handle. Um, And uh, I remember just starting to like see YouTubers that I watched at the time going, we're going to be live on this thing. And then YouTube actually very briefly had like a YouTube partners only live streaming service, which was awful because it had no chat. Um, And uh, then all the other sites started popping up. And then I remember Justin TV popped up and then Owned popped up. And um, eventually like I made an account on owned but never streamed on owned and then i made an account on twitch when it became twitch i never made an account on justin tv and uh i can't remember if it was the firefall beta or if it was league of legends at the time but i actually streamed a bit in 2012 um on twitch uh for about three and a half weeks or maybe like basically like a month or two um and then like actual real life job plus girlfriend got busy and I just stopped and didn't then kind of did this stop and start thing until I really got going in 2013 uh when I moved when I was fully moved out proper instead of like between moving out and not moving out um because then I actually got decent internet and could stream above like 240p <laughs> um, and uh then I could stream at 480 it was great um <laughs> moved out and uh like the OBS was still like in its infancy. So you really had to like pay for X split back in those days. So it was like, and it, I think part of the reason I only streamed for a month back in the initial time was because I didn't have much money and I didn't have a PayPal account. Or if I did have a PayPal account, I didn't want to use it. Um, and uh, you, I, you, you needed an XSplit license, which was like, eight dollars a month or something i was like i don't want to pay for that like it's like back in those days like you couldn't really make money streaming unless you had a lot of people watching so there wasn't really like a logical reason to go put money or effort into that if you're not going to get anything out of it so it just kind of didn't happen but by the time i got back into it in 2013 obs had gotten to a point where it was like yeah you can just stream for free um and then i just kind of never stopped
0: yeah obs did so much good for a whole streaming business It yeah, was so much easier to get in and didn't have to pay for anything in like the other ones. It
1: was also so much more user-friendly than Xbox. Yeah. Was.
0: Some of the other ones were like arcane in technology. like You needed a PhD to figure out how they actually worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they were all, maybe not a PhD, but they were definitely like less accessible.
0: Yeah, for sure. But a lot of them were also not meant to for, for like a single person just stream a little games. So they were more like a actual productions and things like that. Though.
1: yeah like um what, what's it called um exploit was like designed for like TV productions and stuff yeah so fascinating Kiri, what what was what what was your discovery of of twitch I, I suppose
2: yeah, it's, it's very funny because I came to all of this very late and and not because I found it, although listening to you guys, I remember that I found a stream. When i was playing guild wars 2 several years ago and there was one i don't know community group fan group who did tutorials on raid bosses and such and sometimes they were live streaming and i remember watching those live streams but on their website so i i didn't really i mean i guess they were streaming to twitch and then had that embedded embedded to the website yeah, yeah that's, like, that's
0: how i did the uh, starcraft as well i was said on the li- steam liquid site uh, and it was embedded yeah. there always uh,
1: well that was also like how you monetized streams for yeah. a really long time too. Right. You'd, you'd, you'd embed ads on your website and then you'd embed the stream on your website yeah exactly. because like twitch ads didn't pay anything back then and mm-hmm. like good luck getting partnered back then too unless you were mm-hmm. either like somebody famous or something else
2: yeah so it, it must've been Twitch now that I think about it, but I didn't really notice it as, you know, this is Twitch, this is a platform, people that do that there. That was probably my first time really encountering a live stream. Um, and I joined all of this very late. It was 2018. I was about to finish my studies, my master's in English, and I was looking for something to do afterwards, just a hobby, I don't know, something fun. So I was thinking of maybe I'll do YouTube because I knew YouTube. Or well, maybe I'll write a blog or something. And then mystery. My husband actually mentioned, Hey, what about, what about live streaming? What about Twitch? And I had no clue what that was. I mean, live streaming. Yes. But Twitch, no, never heard of. So I, I took a look and I really liked it. It was like, I, I made an account in March. No, I think it was February, 2018. And then I started streaming in March and yeah, never stopped really.
1: So I, I guess kind of now, now the next question is, um, and I, I kind of like this round table style where like bell goes, I say something and then Kiri Mm -hmm. says something, Mm -hmm. um, Bell and Arrow, at what point did, like, was, was it a hobby for you initially or did you always kind of start off going, this is something I want to do as a business?
0: I mean, I've always won like video games. I wanted to do something on that. uh, uh, I never really figured out what, uh, would be, uh, but for, for for streaming, when I started, it was obviously just I. Uh, this is some. This looks fun. I want to do that. Also, one reason I started streaming was that uh, I played a lot of games, but I had a, a habit of never really finishing them. And I was like, "Okay, if I play this on a stream with people, I probably will actually kick myself to finish the games." And I actually did it. I finished a lot of games, much more than I did outside of streaming. So it actually did work. But uh, I, it definitely wasn't like I'm going to make money with this uh, initially. Uh, but I think it was like, uh, it started around like 2015, maybe like super early 2015, when the Victor Brand got early access, uh, and uh, then Cities Skylines uh, released uh, that year as well, I think. And I, I got to play that uh, very early, thanks to uh, David Martinez giving me an early access copy, just being a very small streamer, like ten, fifteen 15 viewers maybe, he gave me... Like super early copy of the city skyline, so uh, and I streamed that. Uh, yeah, it's March tenth, uh, two thousand fifteen, when it, it released. Uh, yeah, uh, I read, I read and I got it that. like that was... like a, like a month before or something like that, like very early. And uh, I had like hundreds and hundreds of viewers, like a thousand uh, plus at some point. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's a lot of viewers. This might actually turn into something, <coughs> which obviously is a lot more than that. these <laughs> these days have. So it's gone down a little. So that was like kind of the, like hmm, maybe I can do that uh, for like a living. Was that point, and then uh carried on from there. And then Rimworld uh, got into early access, uh, sorry, Kickstarter in 2016, I think. And that was the other, like, uh, like a it high point.
1: 20... Four... It launched onto Steam in 2016, but it the Kickstarter was in 2014.
0: Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so then th- those on, were like the two two, two big you. ones that were, uh, I was like, okay, the Rimworld is bringing viewers, and then this Skylands was like super uh, big bumper. And I was like, okay, this this might actually. He's something i can do for a living
1: for me it was like i i remember when i when i got back into streaming after i'd moved out it was actually because a uh dude that i know named z blurry z who actually I, I don't know if this video still exists but for a long time had a video that had over a million he, he actually has several videos that have over a million views but one of the first ones that he had was a video called let's play counter-strike um which is hysterical because he didn't know that it had over a million views until it got recommended to him because it was on an <laughs> old YouTube account that he hadn't looked at in ages and it was never monetized, which is super funny. <laughs> that his own video, he just like sent me this DM. He's like, dude, my own video got recommended to me and it has a million views. What the hell happened? Um but like it, it had like copyrighted music in it or something. So like he wouldn't have been able to monetize it anyway. And later on he actually, he had like a, a brief stint in like music YouTube by, by making lunch pad covers and had another video that got a million views. But anyway, um, he, uh, was basically just like challenged me to do a 30 day stream challenge. He's just like, y- you're fun and entertaining to talk to. Cause he would like show up at the McDonald's that I worked at late at night and like hang out with me for like four hours while I cleaned the lobby. Um, well, where he would just, like, put, like, malt liquor and other things into, like, large McDonald's cups and just get drunk and talk at me while I would clean. Um, and he's just like, you know, you're, you're entertaining and you're funny. You, you should stream again. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. And he, he'd just be like, yeah, like, you, you could do it for a living. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, because, like, you know, at this point, if you weren't partnered, you had a two-minute delay on Twitch back in 2013. And uh, so, it, like... Talking to chat was difficult. Lots of people wouldn't watch unpartnered channels because of the chat delay. And Mm -hmm. uh, basically the only real view draws for Twitch at that point was either have like a big presence on social media somewhere, a big YouTube channel get extremely lucky or be very good at a video game and i didn't have any of those things i wasn't like you know diamond in league of legends or anything or really high elo i guess at that point i wasn't like a a master class uh, starcraft player and like i didn't have a big side hustle or anything so i finally was just like you know what screw it. Let, let, let's let's try it and i think this was like around the time lethal frags like two or was it two or three years streaming challenge was coming close to an end i can't i can't remember how long he actually did but it was like all right i'll do 30 days um i made it to the 30 days and my and the idea was that blurry would do it too so he would do 30 days and i would do 30 days i made it to the 30 days and he made it to like 18 i think um and i never really stopped and i still have that counter going it's in the 2000s now of the number of streams that i've done although admittedly it's like it's way lower now because like i only stream like three four days a week now But like initially, like for the first three years, I streamed. It was it was seven days a week, um, with the occasional day off, um, which is just unsustainable and you shouldn't do that. And I I don't actually recommend anybody does that unless like you're streaming like maybe two hours a day. At which point, okay, then maybe I could see it. But like outside of that, yeah, don't do that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, And there was always kind of the the thought in the back of my head that like oh you know this could turn into something. And I think that's it's like something that like people who uh, make YouTube videos or people who like do amateur voice acting or people who, um, you know, I don't know, sing, maybe I'll join a band and we'll, we'll have a hit single or something. Um, like any kind of creative outlet that also, um, has some money and some industry attached to it. There was always like the thought there, but it, it didn't materialize into any kind of usable income. Uh, like, because my first streams were in 2012, right? It didn't materialize into usable income until 2016. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It it took a long time. And then it was the majority of my income in 2016 because I cut my work shifts back at my job drastically, but it took another year, I would say, before it was actually like decent income and it wasn't like livable it, decent income until 2018. So, that window from and like i and I, I think the the advantage that i actually had is that like the the affiliate program didn't exist so it was way easier to just be like oh yeah no this is a hobby you know and like I, I had a tip button you could you could tip me and like way back in the beginning days like you we didn't even have like um any kind of alerts those didn't come in until like 2014 2015 and night dev was the with nightbot was the first company to have alerts and those alerts like cost you one percent of your donations um actually i think it was two percent pretty sure it was two percent of your donations night dev would take and then Streamlabs launched with we don't take any percent which was like huge and
0: uh yeah i wonder really how much money deal. they made with that though. I probably a lot a lot yeah
1: <laughs> a lot um especially like you know when co-carnage back in the day like took de- do you remember when co-carnage got so many donations that night dev's website went down and nobody else could get donations <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. wow. Co Carnage made so much money on his birthday one year that nobody else could get tips on like all of Twitch. <laughs> so like that that's how that that was like the early days of streaming, you know? Like
0: yeah. Um, but I imagine the but, scale of things was like a miniscule compared to these days. Uh, on like totally. Everything.
1: But like we <clears throat> we uh, take so many things for granted on Twitch now that were either new and weird at the time or. You know, we're we're just like being born. So like like way back in those days, it was way easier to just stream as a hobby and like not even think about money. And yeah, I, I, think, I that, think that was like, also
0: much more the mindset as well the people that people were just doing it for funsies instead of like this is going to be something to make money.
1: Yeah, I mean, some people had Patreons, some people had like Game Wisp, which is what I ended up with. Uh, some people mm-hmm. had like you know donation buttons and whatnot, and like you know we all had like yeah. our little people weird ways of yeah making some money, but. Money was never the forefront thing, and it was actually kind of weird back in the day when people would make money the forefront thing and try and make money as not a Twitch partner because kind of the the general, like kind of consensus from people who streamed was just like, if you're streaming and you're not a Twitch partner and you're trying to make money, what are you even doing? Because you're not getting mm-hmm. ad revenue, and ad revenue was way better back then. You're not getting ad revenue, and you're not getting any kind of subscription revenue or anything, and you your delay is so bad, like good luck. But. On the business side of things, Carrie, uh, at what point did it, like, did it ever start off as a hobby or was it always kind of like a,
2: yeah, it was, no, it was a a hobby. I just wanted something to chill because I, I studied a lot and and long and just, I, I wanted a break. So I enjoyed gaming and then I started streaming. It was a hobby and it was really fun. But then a couple of months later. Um, I had a bit of income and then you have to, um, register yourself as self-employed in Austria and the taxes get a bit crazy and stuff. So I, I had to do that anyways. And I thought, you know what, this is actually really cool. What, what if this turns into a job? So it became my part-time job just a couple of months after I started really. And I had a different part-time job because I was done with my studies and I just took any job really to get money and, and you know, be able to live. But at that job interview, I already told the people there that, you know, I'm doing this thing on the side and I'm streaming and, uh, it's not super successful yet, but I'd like it to be. So I'm not going to stay here at this, uh, um, this company forever. And that's really funny because they, they were okay with that. They said, that's all right. They understand I can do my side thing. Um, I stayed there, I think for two years before I quit but yeah so it started out as a hobby but really quickly after that I realized hey this is really cool what what if because growing up uh, I had those game magazines you know where there's game reviews and such and they came with a dvd um with people actually recording themselves playing the game reviewing it and such and I I had a dream of I want to be a game critic that that was so cool but Completely unattainable because in Austria that is not possible because we're too small. We don't have that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then,
2: yeah, because in in Germany, our neighbor, yeah, that is possible. Austria, no.
0: Yeah, and I thought, I thought this a... this is
2: really cool. Like streaming is kind of like that, but also I have much more freedom. What do you want to say, Bell?
0: No, no, I was just saying that we do have a couple of like a uh, gaming magazines that. Basically, do that, but uh, to actually get to work there would be like winning a lottery because uh, I imagine there's a lot of people wanting to do that, but there's like three spots on the whole country. (laughs) Which means they also probably pay
1: like absolute crud because there's so few positions available. Yeah. I would hope at least
0: a couple of them get paid really well because they've been there since like I was a a kid and they're still writing there. And they were really good at writing like things uh, already back in the day. Like, I always loved, uh, uh, like, there's a a guy called Niko Nirvi in Finnish, in Finland. Um, who, da, who who's one of the guys who works still in Peritleti which mean, literally means games magazine. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And uh, he always wrote uh, like really good reviews, which always always like resonated with me. And it was also uh, like games uh, like Common Conquerors and strategy games and building games, which I liked as well. But he also wrote like a lot of like a kind of gaming related articles and like stories, but not like from actual like, games or anything. But like like a really witty like humor and things like that, uh. and I obviously like that.
1: I uh. wonder if he's ever been to Gamescom when you've been there.
0: Uh, probably. <laughs> Small
1: world. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um... I, I, that's actually kind of funny because uh, there's not like a big conventions of anything like that in Finland. Uh. And uh, I, I joked with um the one um, of the Finnish developers anyway. So uh, that uh, we always have to go to like Germany or somewhere else to meet each other. Why, why are we ever not meeting like in Finland? Uh? <laughs>
2: it's that's the way it is though because there's thq nordic the publisher mm-hmm. and their office is in vienna i'm in yeah. vienna but we we actually met up for the first time in amsterdam at twitchcon last year which is so funny because they they did invite me to come to the office but then you know with covid and the pandemic they, they said you know maybe, maybe a bit later right and that later yeah. never happened and then we actually met in amsterdam yeah that's funny
1: Funny how that works. Uh, Funny little anecdote, actually. Um, There was, I I used to go to these, like, kind of BS youth conferences things when I was, like, 12 that my parents would just, like, drop me and my sisters off at. And they would, like, make us do kind of almost homework, but not really. And things like, oh, what do you want to do when you graduate high school? Like, what university do you want to go to? What kind of post-secondary education do you want to? And mine was always, I don't want to go to university. I want to get a job. And then they'd be like, oh, what career path do you want to go to? Do you want to go into welding? Do you want to, like, fly <laughs> planes? Do you want to work in a, on a farm? Do you want to work in construction? I want to make video games or play video games is what i said back then um mm-hmm. and then they'd mm. always like basically like put me in the corner and say that's not a job <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like i actually got oh. like kicked out once because they're like that's not a job <laughs> you can't do that I'm like, oh, i'll am like, show wow, you
2: rude yeah 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 and you did look at you <laughs>
1: eventually yeah uh, an industry materialized underneath me and i landed on it but um I guess I guess kind of moving forward um <clears throat> like me me and Bellinair kind of went on a a, a weird a weird saga at one point because for me like my kind of curve with streaming was I, I started off with like a lot of old PC games like cuz and like a uh, um a few indie games at the time but uh the stuff that actually got me going was roller coaster tycoon and open ttd but mostly roller coaster tycoon and also old sim city games um it's kind of like you know modifying them enough so that they work on modern os's and then streaming that um so it was kind of like people's hit of nostalgia for a while there um roller coaster tycoon was the one that really did well though and um which kind of led perfectly into uh frontier and planet coaster um And also, I guess, Roller Coaster Tycoon World, but we don't talk about that, which set my graphics card on fire. Um, But um, (laughs) uh, it it kind of led perfectly slowly into um, Planet Coaster. And uh, that was kind of my first big break, you could say, because um, they put out the betas for Planet Coaster and I bought like the $90 version of that game or whatever and got into the betas and streamed those. And those did pretty well for me and like... Not not nearly as well as like Ballner did with City Skylines, like you were talking about, but like it, I, I was getting like sixty eighty, ninety viewers um on on those beta days, streaming that, especially like as somebody that like, oh, the people who are obsessed with theme parks know cause I stream the other theme park games. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so they 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 kind of I kind of had like a built-in audience for that already. And then Frontier took notice of that, and they put me on front page. A bunch, actually. So I was like this 20, 30 viewer streamer. Um, and affiliates weren't even out yet at this point. Uh, but they put me on front page as the game launched and before the game launched. And then uh, it was about basically every six months. And it was locked front slot first front page, like multiple thousands of concurrent viewers. Um, and this was back when front page was still a pretty big deal. And whenever I would get one of those, it would be like two, 300 followers. And those were always... Quite major, especially for somebody who wasn't even partnered or affiliated at that point. Um, you know, like, Amazon had bought Twitch, so there wasn't as many issues with delay and whatnot. And, like, we had transcoding and all of the things that you need to, like, function as a channel. Um, but I got I got a bunch of early opportunities during that. And that built up enough of an audience that I was able to, you know, get to the point where I was making, like, six, seven hundred bucks a month off of donations and, uh, like, the little subscription service GameWisp that I was using. And I was able to go to TwitchCon. And when I went to TwitchCon, the first TwitchCon I went to, which was in 2016, there was uh, 15,000 tickets sold. Um, to give you an idea, they, they sell closer to 100,000 now for TwitchCon. So it was very yeah, small. wow. It was very small. This was pre-affiliate. Um, and uh, this was in San Diego, San Diego Convention Center. And uh, I just had a community badge, but I, I made up some, some business cards. Um, I can't actually remember. I, th- I th- I think, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember which artist did my, my business cards back then. I guess it was Grant It would have been Grant who uh, I haven't spoken with in ages, but, um, who went by Galad Warder, uh, and they did my business cards. And, uh, I walked up to all of these different Twitch partners and just like handed the business cards. And then frontier actually had a booth at TwitchCon, um, where they were showing off planet coaster and I showed up there and, um, they let me like hang around their booth and almost run their booth a couple of times while they went on lunch break because I knew how the game worked. And I was just walking other streamers through the game. Um, and a bunch of those streamers were like the big Kerbal space program guys because they're like, Oh, we like games where you build things. Um, and so that got me in with the circles of people like, uh, Eric Johnson space Academy, which is EJSA on, uh, on Twitch uh, K base Academy, who is, um, da, uh, das Valdez, um, and, uh, a, a bunch of other, like for the time, very large streamers, um, who are now, I guess, admittedly around the same size that we are these days. Um, and, uh, they rated me a lot, um, after that Twitch con and, it like, I don't think I would have a streaming career if it wasn't for that. Um, basically, I got back from TwitchCon and like immediately just started getting raids. And I continued to stream Planet Coaster and like those theme park games, I guess maybe for from through 2016 into mid 2017. And but by mid 2017, I'd basically moved on to Rimworld, uh, with a little bit of the theme park stuff kind of around the edges and eventually just like transitioned entirely into Rimworld. And I very heavily owe my success to going to 2016's TwitchCon. But by 2017, TwitchCon had bl- Twitch had ballooned so much that TwitchCon never really gave me the same amount of benefit. TwitchCon 2016 was the one that really, like, oh, I have a career now. And TwitchCon 2016 was actually a, a very funny year, too, because I'd, I'd met Cringer, who is mutual friends with me, Beliner, and I think you know him too, Kiri. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. I'd met Cringer at that point, and he was also a very small streamer at the time. Like, he was, like, streaming to 20 people. <laughs> um, and uh, he really, really, really wanted to go to TwitchCon, but was still working his job at the time. So I, I went to the, ho- the, the desk, front desk in the hotel that I was staying in, and I printed out a picture of him. Um, and just started walking up to other streamers that he knew that I didn't. <laughs> and was just like, hey, you know this guy? And he goes, yeah, here, take a photo with him. And I kept tweeting photos of Cringer at Cringer. Ah! <laughs> at TwitchCon, <laughs> with like streamers that he knew that he watched, um, that's so funny. Which was also like admittedly a great icebreaker, so I could also hand them my business cards. Um, so I got to I, got, I met a bunch of other like bigger names doing that <laughs> at that TwitchCon, just like handing people my like my business card while take getting them to take photos with cringer, which was very funny. Um, very good memories for, for for that particular TwitchCon. Also shout outs to um, community member Diagman who uh, paid for the hotel for that TwitchCon um, and went to TwitchCon with me that year. So I I owe that dude, like, lunch
2: at some point. (laughs) That's a really cool story. I like it. Yeah,
1: 2016 TwitchCon was pretty big for me, I would say.
2: It's so cool to hear that, because both of you have been in this industry for so long, and... I'm still relatively new, even though my fifth streaming anniversary is coming up, but still just listening to how it was before and what you, I don't know, got up to. It's it's very cool. Yeah,
0: I think similarly.
1: After things Uh, got easier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think similarly to me, like not not the Twitch cons, but the Gamescom serve were like a big bump for me as well. Got to meet uh, a Mm -hmm. lot of uh, other streamers and got to meet, uh, especially like people in the industry who I became a, with friends as well and then uh, seeing them on all the conventions and they're like hey our new game is coming out and telling me about it and everything even though I'm still not the biggest streamer or anything but they still uh, always remember to poke me as well because I, I was uh, there very early on and they didn't even know what streamers were when I was in the first Gamescom. They're like "What? what is a streamer? It's kind of like YouTube but live. Ah okay. That's a, are you like a like a freelance reporter or a, okay oh yes yes I'm, I'm freelance. <laughs> Definitely okay. freelance. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it was paid. like it was like it gets really hard to like explain. Like nobody knew what you did. I mean, some some of them like who were like, like like the actual developers and things like that. But any of the like PR people or anything like, yeah, we do not know what the streamer is at all. So, like, yeah, I'm, so I'm 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 freelance. It was just easiest to say that, that you're a freelancer. Okay? That, that mm-hmm. they kind of understand that. So, so like, it was uh, it was very interesting going there.
1: Then, when I when catch, I
2: have to desc- go on. just just real quick when I have to describe to somebody who doesn't know what Twitch is and streaming is I also always say it's like YouTube but live because everybody knows YouTube but Twitch yeah. is still I mean in the industry people know now right but
0: yeah I, now I don't now know like-
2: outside of it like I I just went to the doctor's last week for a general checkup and then we got into talking and then I say yeah I'm a streamer it's like what's 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 streaming so YouTube but live. And then people understand. It's really funny.
1: When people ask me what I do, I just say that I work in digital marketing focused on influencers and content creators. Mm-hmm. I don't state yeah. that I'm the influencer <laughs> or content creator because then I don't get funny <laughs> more. And people know what influencers are now. so yeah. Yes,
2: yes, they do.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe here they would still be like, what is an influencer? <laughs>
1: Someone who influences you into buying stuff.
0: Yeah, Finland is always a... Uh, kind of behind on those kind of things we get them like five ten years later and be like ah that's a thing when when it's like died died out already elsewhere (laughs)
1: like so you guys are gonna get way into nfts in like yeah probably years (laughs) yeah very likely
0: (laughs) and it's always like a sweden gets it first and then finland does it a couple years later
1: (laughs) better late than never yeah except with nfts then probably better never um like uh something that else else is that's that's kind of worth noting is um twitch teams i think like when when it comes to like my history streaming it's hard to describe it without talking about teams Mm -hmm. um i can't i can't even remember when twitch added teams and and they've done a very good job trying to hide them from existence but um Throughout the years, uh, there was always like groups of streamers that would like band together and they would like either form a company or they would like there was several attempts with like uh, different stream streaming groups trying to form companies or um, esports teams trying to uh, put together kind of things to make them seem more organized um, or just like different groups of streamers getting together to like run events and stuff. Um, And it was actually how I met FG. It's a pity she's not on this episode, but like... um, was in the Green Man Gaming stream team. So if you had a Green Man Gaming affiliate code so that you could get Mm -hmm. a, there was like, I think 3% of the sales or whatever, like some hysterically low amount. I think they later raised it to six, but um, some hysterically low percentage of the cut on game sales through their website. uh, They they had a, a a little disc. Or not, not. Initially, it wasn't a Discord because like Discord didn't really become a thing until after that. But they, they had like a, a little um, a little stream team that they would add you to, and they would like mm-hmm. at you on Twitter, and you could at them, and they would retweet you. And then eventually, they made a Discord, and then uh, people would communicate. And um, for a while there, it was very much something that a lot of people would abuse. Um there was a lot of channels that I think blew up by making a team where it's like join my team and only raid people on the team and also definitely just raid me because I run the team and also like <laughs> give me all the a bunch of money and I will promote you on the team and all this kind of like weird multi-level marketing things came out of it. Kind a lot of, of that stuff scheme. yeah, a lot of that pyramid scheming stuff like kind of got outlawed on Twitch and a lot of those teams got banned um but for which is for the best <laughs> um, but uh like there there was definitely some ones that operated like that except that were like either around a storefront or a group of people um and like i said i, I met fg through the green man gaming one which i think still exists actually yeah. um al- although i haven't i left it a long time ago um yep. but uh me and Bellinaire actually got involved with one which i encountered through streaming elite dangerous i started streaming elite dangerous around the time i was like burning out of planet coaster uh, which is Frontier's other big game um, before Planet Zoo, I, sp- I suppose. Um, and uh, it was uh, a, a group called The Sovereignty. Um, and, like, I- I'm going to kind of glean over details because, like, there there's nothing, like, super drama-heavy here. But Sovereignty's whole idea was, like, the, the leadership of S- Sovereignty was like, we're going to bring in anybody who has any sort of production value on your stream. If you have even like a remotely decent amount of production value, we're going to bring you into, the, into this team. And this was back when like hosts and raids were still really big. And uh, they basically just like requested that everybody auto host the team, which was easy to do. And uh, when you're so going to raid somebody, raid somebody within the team, right? So there was that. They also had a Discord. Um, and it was about 80 people when I joined. And it worked pretty well for a while there. There was some pretty big names in that thing, too. People like uh, Kit Boga were, was in Sovereignty for a while, um, who many people will probably recognize when they hear the name of. Um, but uh, the, the, it, was, it was an interesting thing. It's actually how I got some of the biggest raids I ever got in my entire streaming career, one from Kit Boga. Um, it was like 15,000 people or something. Um, impressive. Yeah, and then I just, like, raided somebody else from the... It was funny, because, like, it was, like, I had, like, five, 6,000 concurrence for that stream, and then I raided somebody else, and they had, like, 3,000 concurrence, and then they raided somebody else, and then they had, like, 2,000. 000... And you could, like, see it going down, and, like, the raid, like, got passed around for, like, four or five days within the team. It was kind of neat, actually, to see that happen.
0: Yeah, that's when the hosts and raids actually worked properly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, like, it, d- there definitely was some benefit to having it. Um and, uh, and just
0: having a group of like-minded people to talk to is always a yeah. huge benefit. Uh, so that was a uh, really nice about it. it.
1: It was really it was because like they, their their Discord was like for for all of it for all of that group's faults. I mean, their Discord was super well organized, and it was really easy to just go in there and just like find a like group of like ten people that you play the same games and and bang, you click, and then you just you you've got a bunch of friends. Um, but uh, towards I, I what was it twenty no it was it was it was twenty nineteen. Um, I, I think that the the whole thing just like crashed and burned um, because the, the the founder of it uh, went and got a job at Paradox, and um, due to conflict of interest issues, he was just like I'm I'm sorry I'm closing the team. Um, but like the whole business side of the team's idea was that it was he he was taking all of our stats as a group uh, through Sully Gnome and was trying to pitch it to sponsors for the whole team, um, and actually made it into an LLC. Like in his defense, he was keeping it all on the up and up and doing it legit. Um, but uh, it just never materialized into anything. Um, and uh, then he got got a job and just dropped the whole thing kind of overnight. And uh, that was like largely the impetus for me and reaching out to FG and being like, I'm tired of like getting screwed around by these big teams. Do you want to like do something small that'll actually get stuff done? Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of where Halcyon came from, but uh, I don't yeah, know if Belenere when... wants to fill any details in there, but...
0: Yeah, but basically when you guys then at FGNU talked to me after that, uh, when you guys decided that uh, it might be time to make a new team, I had already been uh, in a previous team before the Sovereign as well. I was in the, the Romantics, uh, which was a uh, like a small team like ours, uh, which was actually really nice, uh, And but he had the same problem that the main guy basically dipped out of streaming, and then uh, the whole thing fell apart uh, so I also wanted like a new team. That was like a small group and I was like when you guys uh, pitched the uh, like, the to me and i was like yes, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and like that that kind of timeline there I guess kind of overlaps from like where Kiri started so then like so, so in 2017 Belliner you got partnered in 2018 I got partnered.
0: Yeah. Um, just it was before like three the days him. after TwitchCon. <laughs> I was so afraid uh, that they would uh, reject my partner uh, application uh, instead of uh, just giving me Affiliate because the Affiliates were like just coming. And I got like a, like a month or something before uh, the Affiliates uh, became a thing. Uh, like it became a partner. And it took uh, like what, what three or four months uh, for them to actually handle the partner application.
1: Your, your whole getting partnered saga was like, in yeah. my opinion, kind of legendary because I've never heard of another streamer going through that.
0: Yeah. They lost my application. <laughs> what, really? Yeah, and I had to go through, like, several people for them to actually find the application. And I was like, oh, yeah, we... we okay, oh, yeah, this is application. Yeah, we should probably handle How? this. How? I don't know. It was, was also that... when... It was also the time when they were, like, uh, doing, like, the London office and everything. So they got the uh, new people, and... Yeah,
1: they, uh, they, they made the Twitch EU offices for the first time. Like, yeah, like, and the, like, the, the guy the who actually time.
0: partnered me was, was the one of the Nordic partner managers. Uh, and I was, like, one of the first ones uh, he partner the, and the, like handled the in general. Yeah like the, the um what's his name I don't remember his name but, but anyways he's the mainly emote face uh, uh. <laughs> uh so he basically hand handled it and it's like I g- gave it to uh Rich who's the uh, partner manager and I was like, okay here you handle this and that's like okay I guess we'll partner you from PT or something because it's taken so long <laughs> <laughs> No so, so, this is great.
2: Interesting but you actually had a partner manager?
0: Yeah, we there's so uh did I. <laughs> there was a uh, I think there are cool. still is, but they're not really that hands-on anymore. But there was three different uh, uh Nordic partner managers. Were all mm-hmm. really nice people. Like they they were really uh like Gamescoms and Twitchcons and uh, all of these thing events. Uh, they were always uh, taking really good care of uh, us Nordic partners. Which is kind of a shame because uh, there was never really that many Nordic partners in those events. Uh, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. My, but like, I
2: guess uh, that is why they could take care of you because
0: yeah, there were that yeah, it's many... so like a, like a less than ten people. Uh, yeah, like, they My is a like VTuber now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Nice. Yeah. yeah, they took us like a dinner on Gamescoms and so on and so. So always very nice.
2: Nice.
0: It was also yeah, like I... a easy to ask if if you had any issue, you could just ask them uh, because they didn't have that many people to handle.
1: Yeah, I mean, when i the first TwitchCon I went to, I remember them saying there's three thousand Twitch partners. The second TwitchCon I went to, it was fifteen thousand Twitch partners. The third TwitchCon I went to, which would have been twenty eighteen, there was thirty thousand Twitch partners, and now there's like what <laughs> seventy thousand.
0: Oh, lots.
1: Yeah. So, like yeah, two mi- wow. two point five million affiliates or something, which is actually like mm. kind of low. <laughs> for affiliates, but it's a uh, big number, is that, but still also like kind of tiny in the grand scheme of things when you look at like, I don't know, forklift drivers or some other like more normal industry.
0: Yeah. And uh, getting like affiliate is like nothing if you even stream out randomly as a hobby. Anyone can really do that. <laughs>
1: It takes yeah. a little bit if you're starting from nothing to get the 50 followers, but getting mm-hmm. the average of three concurrent viewers is, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, that was always easy for me because when I started streaming, like actually streaming, I already was like part of a couple different communities on uh, Twitcher, like one of them being the Romantics. So like immediately, I already had like 50 followers before I even started streaming. So I immediately <laughs> had uh, like a handful of people and people also who hosted and rated me. So it was like, kind of easy to get going.
2: Yeah, that's
1: cool. For me, it was hard as hell to get going. I didn't average above five viewers for like three years.
0: Yeah, you hear about these people who have streamed like months and maybe years to like zero viewers, huh? mm-hmm. but I I never yeah. really had that. I I immediately had people.
1: What I would do is I would I would text my friend Bryce and be like, "Dude, hang out in my chat and talk at
0: me." Yeah, I mean that, that's how you should do it, really. Like I I did that ask too, your friend yeah. to be there. since it was so new to Twitch, at least I didn't.
2: Yeah, I was new to Twitch, so I didn't have people from other communities. So I started from zero, yeah. and then I I just asked my friend to hang out and also check if everything was okay, like audio, so <laughs> I, I, you yeah. know. Yeah. The, I need the a techie text person. <laughs> exactly, and then to just, Am you I know, every good? now and then, <laughs> right? Every now and then just say something so it's not as dead.
0: Yeah, yeah. like on, on top of that, like the Twitch community, I was also part of a bigger uh, uh, World of Warcraft guild, so uh, for years, and then uh, I ran the Mada, so I was the head admin there for uh, sixteen years in total. So I, I knew people from there as well. So they also, still, uh, some people pop up from uh, from the Mada. It's like, hi, are you are you that guy? Yes, yes, I am.
2: That's cool.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. It's like I I I have this. I have a lot of unpopular opinions about streaming now and I think it's just cuz of the era that I came from, but like back in my day kind it's it is kind of old man yells at cloud kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> but like one of them is just a if you haven't streamed to nobody, you're never going to be good at streaming. Because mm-hmm. you take for granted people that are watching. Mm-hmm. and i've I've noticed this more and more and more and more and more, especially from people who like start off with let's just say an average of fifteen twenty viewers. your ability to like one of the especially like what I blew up recently like in December when I suddenly had like eleven hundred concurrent people watching. The thing that people kept saying is, "Wow, you're good at responding to chat," and it's because that's how I've always streamed. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I know people who have been around longer than I have who stream number four had a thousand people watching, and have never gone below that. And you look mm-hmm. at how they interact with chat, and it's completely different than the way somebody like me or Bell or somebody who streams to very small audiences interacts with chat.
0: Yeah, how I always approached that was that if I don't have anyone anyone to talk to or react to something in chat uh, I will talk about uh, some random thing uh, or uh, just uh, what I'm doing in the game. So that is always like I'm I'm talking always about something.
1: Yeah. And and part of the reason I, I have this opinion is actually Total Biscuit. Um because there was something that Total Biscuit said, which is if you can't run a, sh- and he he says this, cause, he said this because he came from radio, right? Like that was what he did initially, like in the mid 2000s, was he ran college radio. It's like if you can't be entertaining with no, like feedback or input from an outside source, you're bad at being entertaining. Mm. Because mm-hmm. when, when you're streaming to nobody, you have no feedback, you have no outside source of things to feed off of, and now it's like. Chat is your inside source. That's the thing that you feed off of to be entertaining, which is helpful. But if you can also be entertaining without that, you will be. See- it's it's like a different skill set, right? Like communicating mm-hmm. with chat is one skill set. Communicating without chat is a second skill set. And then communicating at chat but not directly addressing chat is a third skill set. And I think that yeah, in while, order to be in this industry, you need well. all three.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yep. that's always like oh streaming so it's just play a game and you talk to people but uh, it it is definitely a skill set no. uh, that you have to acquire at some point. Uh. Yeah.
2: All
1: right, I've completely lost like the thread of what we're talking about here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think we're like 2018. Kiri started streaming. Yeah, oh. I started in 18.
1: Kerry, you you talk a little bit about your early days of streaming, I, I guess, because like we we've kind of been like I've I've just done the old man yells at cloud thing, but like, mm. um, <laughs> what, what 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 was like I, I don't know the. I, actually, here here's a question: You you started with like basically from nothing, like you kind of just said, how yeah. did you get into communities? Like, how did you meet FG? Where where did all that come from?
2: I so about a month before I started my first stream. I started hanging out on Twitch and just watching and, you know, getting a feel for how this is done and how I want to do it and what I needed, like panels and alerts and stuff. And then I did some more research. And the cool thing is that because I started so late, there was so much information online already, like YouTube channels telling you, you know, these are streaming programs. This is how they work. This is how you set up alerts and, and so on. So I had all that help. But yeah, I just, I just started hanging out in in certain channels. And it was really funny because, you know, where do you start? There's so much on Twitch. And to be fair, it was mostly gaming, but still. And then I, I thought, I'm going to start as my first game with Stardew Valley. Because I, I, almost, I almost finished it. I was hunting for the last couple of achievements. So I thought, all right, this is a game. I feel very comfortable with it. I know what to do in it. So I can concentrate on streaming then. So I did that and then I started watching Stardew Valley streamers and, and I found a couple and then, I don't know, raids happened, like people take me over to other channels. And I came across More & More at some point. And I don't know, he raided into FG, I don't know how I got to More & More, I don't remember, but he raided into FG and FG was playing RimWorld. And I didn't like Worlds. <laughs> like at all it just it, it looked weird i needed to warm up to it but i liked fg and her energy and that was really cool so i hang out in her streams more and i got raided into her several more times from i think other people as well and and then i just hang out and befriended the community and somehow it came out that i was streaming too i definitely did not self-promote but i don't know Some, somehow i got out and then fg raided me and followed and I don't know it was it was really cool I felt I felt very honored that you know this big streamer FG squared was hanging out in my chat and rating me it's always that a good feeling cool. even
0: even today when someone someone you look up to comes to hang out in your chat it's like oh
2: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and I I was a super small streamer and I had just started out and I was I don't know it, it made me very happy and we became will... really really good friends
0: a couple of years ago when I was doing a Final Fantasy I was about to shit myself and Jesse Cox uh, raided me. <laughs> 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 mm,
2: oh, I've got I've got a story about this that the problem with me starting earlier, uh, starting later is that I don't know all these original streamer people. Je- Jesse
1: Cox was a member of his no, no, I, I, podcast. I,
2: but... Yeah, I know, I know him, but like I've learned a lot over the last five years mm-hmm. but I I didn't know any, I don't know, meme language, Twitch language that, that just took a while for me to pick up, but also I didn't know these people back then. And I've learned a lot from the team now because you talk about these people and then check them out like, oh yeah, sure. But I got raided once by, by Dodger and I didn't realize who she was. Yeah. And and my chat went crazy I'm like, oh yeah, thank you for the raid. That's amazing. It was like, I don't know, a thousand people or so. And I was I was very excited about it, but I didn't realize who she was. And I felt really weird afterwards when people explained to me. But yeah. That just that re- happens.
1: With Dodger, just remember that her husband is stripping.
2: <laughs> okay
1: literally his username is stripping oh right (laughs) but it's just a fun (laughs) (laughs) sentence to say that is is funny yes (laughs) he's like he plays a lot of competitive games he's a fun guy Mm -hmm. um cool yeah no the just knowing people like the i guess the industry was way easier to know back in the old days because everybody just kind of knew everybody and it still Mm kind of is that way even like especially in, like, the top 5,000, I think, like, highest viewed people, like, it's pretty easy to, uh, uh, to, like, pick a language. Like, as long as they're, like, English-speaking, it's pretty easy to kind of figure out the top 800 to 1,000 people, Um, you know, weed out the the really big ones generally because they're pretty inaccessible. But it's not too hard to become, at the very least, like, internet acquainted with the higher side of Twitch, especially because... You know, at the, at the end of the it's it at the end of the day, like I I just kind of consider everybody who's on Twitch to a degree a coworker, yeah. Or at yeah. the very least, a colleague same. in the same industry, right? So it's like it's not too hard to just be like, oh yeah, no, I know who Fairlight Excalibur is, or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, there there's just or like I I know who Burke Black is through like three different connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I shook Co Carnage's hand once. <laughs> um, like I. <laughs> it's not that and like even when i was uh much smaller um uh, you know a couple of years ago like people knew who i was and still kind of do but i I almost wonder if that's more just because i was in those earlier twitch cons when you could just like walk up to i don't know soda poppin and be like hi <laughs> uh but like that's that's way harder to do at twitch con now so
0: mm. I remember back in the day when Ko th- used to raid me with like 10 people and hang out in my chatter whenever I was playing something new fancy. He was yep. always checking out the games on my channel.
2: <laughs> oh, that's cool.
1: Weird
0: small world, eh?
2: Yeah. I feel like conventions help, though, to get to know people. Because there's because uh, I'm within my bubble, right? And I know mm-hmm. the people within my bubble who stream mini-games and strategy games and, and so on. But... Outside the bubble, it's a bit more difficult to get to know other people. And I find that at conventions, it's so much easier because then you just, you are in a networking event and you just talk to people and and then you realize, oh yeah, I, I heard your username before. And then you I get into talking.
1: tend to agree, but I also tend to disagree. And I think it kind of depends on how many people you have watching. Um, if you're in like the level that you're at or where I'm at now, it's quite easy to just like, go to one of those events because you get invited um mm-hmm. but there i definitely went through like a i don't know if balanair felt this much in, in europe but at the very least with north american conventions i went through this curve where 2016 yes very 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 much very easy to like meet people talk to people like get into the same with pax TwitchCon, both of those very easy um 2017 a little bit harder but still possible 2018 almost impossible Uh, 2019, after I got partnered, easier again, but still harder than initially, purely because I was, you know, a 50 to 80 viewer stream, and you stop getting those invites, you stop getting um, told where you can... You stop being allowed to like. I I went to many conventions as not a Twitch partner, which means I couldn't mm-hmm. go into the partner lounge. I couldn't go into the Twitch booth at PAX back when they had a Twitch booth at PAX. They used to have like a private partner lounge at PAX, yeah, I which I wasn't well. allowed into. And the moment you are not allowed in those, or uh, and then there was also press only areas, and then there was VIP press only areas, and the press only areas some booths had, but most of them were VIP press only areas. And the right. second like you are under that line that all goes away. You don't have that, right? Like, even this most recent mm -hmm. packs that I went to, that you were at, um, like, I didn't get an invite to a single thing because I didn't have a press badge.
2: Yeah. That is actually true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, same for Gamescom,
0: Berlin.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that. But then I was on the the side where I got invited to things. But thinking about my, my first TwitchCon now, which was Berlin in 2019, um... I was an affiliate at that time and I didn't get invited to do anything. That is true.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I think you kind of hopscotched, hop, hopscotched over the kind yeah. of area that I was stuck in for like half a decade, right? Where yeah. initially having 50 viewers on an indie game was huge back in 2016, but in 2019, no Pardon my French, nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> hundreds of thousands of you. Um, you are disposable beyond all reason and no we don't need to let you into this party. Um and now I think like we've kind of it, like I I don't I don't know what my next convention's gonna be like now. I mean, I still mm-hmm. don't have a con- an easy way of, I mean, TwitchCon will be fine, but like for PAX, I still don't have an easy way to get press badges anymore because they don't give press badges to Twitch partners anymore. Thanks, Microsoft, for ruining that, by the way. Um, so now I need 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. Actually, it might even be higher than that. Or I need 100,000 followers on Twitch. Or I need to know somebody at a, who runs a booth. And yeah. the games I stream don't really have booths generally. Um, I mean Kit Fox might but it's generally they don't have booths because it's easier for them to just do private meetings and then there goes mm-hmm. all my contacts and it's like
0: yeah I think cool. that's uh, one of the benefits because I started early on and I was able to make all those connections with people early on so it's I, I know the people on this company so I can actually just ask uh, for like an invite or something yeah even if I'm not uh, one of the biggest streamers on Twitch or anything
1: it, it's like I, I know people like you know Blame uh, over at uh, or Blaine over at uh, Move It that like there's definitely like contacts that I have mm-hmm. at PR companies like you know I know Clara and like all all, all the people that you kind of need to know to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you, you know I don't even have Discord Partner anymore, which was something that like that just having Discord Partner for two years got me into so many things that I would mm-hmm. never have made it into otherwise but like that's all gone it's and i i'm not really somebody who tries to get into every single creator program for every single big company because i just don't stream those types of games um yeah. like it, it it's this industry has changed in my opinion for the worse in so many ways because it's so much less accessible um it's become a lot more exclusive it's it's now basically be an extension of marketing for big companies and run your content like that which is fine or you don't you just get exiled from everything Mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like going forward I'm going to be on the outer side of that because I really don't want to be an extension of a bigger company's marketing and like that's me willingly stating I don't want business opportunities but at the same time it's just not the way I run my broadcasts
2: Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair I so. think
0: there is room for those kind of people as well. You just have to accept that you're not going to be like the 3 million viewers uh, channel. <laughs> I don't need 3 million Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. I got 3 million views <laughs> in
1: December, damn it. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, yeah.
0: as long as you can be comfortable doing your thing, uh, you, that's fine. You Absolutely. don't need to be bigger or anything.
1: But, like, kind of bouncing off what Kiri said, it's like it, certain... Uh, unless you run your stream in a certain fashion, certain opportunities just don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah,
1: like I for also, uh, when I look at going to a convention, it's a written-off vacation for me. Like mm-hmm. for Kiri, it's a business trip. For me, that's a vacation. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah, go I'll, get drunk. I always approach them. Always <laughs> I'm gonna hang out business. with my mod, and it's that's that's the way it's gonna be for me because yeah. I, I'm there to hang out with people, meet up with people I already know, and if I get invited to a couple of business events, that okay, cool. I'll sober up for four hours before I go um, because <laughs> I'm. I, I'm I'm there to have fun,
0: really. Yeah.
2: I'm having fun too. Yeah, I think, there also, we,
0: yeah. We I think there's also a difference between like uh, North America and uh, Europe. Uh, I feel like Europe is still a lot more laid back on all of that, uh, and it's much easier to get into things as a smaller streamer. I think
1: it's I would the, the disagree. Actually,
2: well, yes, it is. But I tried getting a content Creator ticket for Gamescom last year. And yeah. that was impossible because you need 25,000 followers on Twitch. Which is yeah. a lot. and I'm also doesn't mean anything, that. right? Yeah. I'm That's another <laughs>
0: thing where uh, being early was a good thing for me because uh, I'm still marked in the um, Gamescom system as a freelance uh, like a journalist. Uh, so I, I get yeah. the press pass uh, because of that. <laughs> I can just cool. buy it. Uh,
1: I, as long as I, I, I have to any water. I used to get press badges for PAX by emailing one of the partner managers at Twitch HQ, and mm-hmm. just be like, hey, uh, can you get me a Twitch partner? Uh, well, like, once I became a Twitch partner, hey, can you get me a PAX press badge? And uh, it was, like, literally just, like, click this link, sign in with your Twitch ID. It was, like, a private link, like, specifically for you, sign in with your Twitch ID, fill out your information, we'll ship it to you.
2: That's cool.
1: But they they don't do that anymore, because PAX doesn't do that anymore.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: So, Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think that this industry is going in a weird direction now, but, you know, I still, as weird as this job can be at times, I'm not giving it up for anything.
0: It might transform into something else a a little bit, but I don't think we're going anywhere.
1: What do you mean? Like, transform in what way? I don't
0: know. You might have to approach content differently. Like, I don't know how, <laughs> to be honest. Is,
1: is this because the uh, crypto sh- shill Web well, three guy just became the CEO of YouTube?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna quit YouTube uh, if that happens <laughs> for sure. Like that—that's where I draw the limit. <laughs> but no, I'm he, sure there's gonna be like the big guy changes eventually.
1: Selling shorts.
0: Oof. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe not shorts, but I, I could see like better. Uh, looking system for content that you can monetize it uh, could be a thing.
1: The, there there was a YouTube or a, a tweet that I saw go viral about that uh, quote mm-hmm. tweeting one of his old his old tweets about how, oh, wh- like what if you could buy a YouTube video? It's like, what if I upload a video full of content ideable copyrighted content sell it on their blockchain before anybody notices and then somebody <laughs> buys it <laughs> and then the, all of YouTube gets taken down by a DMCA request? <laughs> <laughs> i'm just sitting there going Oof. like you know what theoretically with the way dmca works right now
0: <laughs> yeah but you have already like uh through patreon like patron only uh videos and all kinds of that, that oh, kind yeah. of thing so so you could uh, see them becoming like more streamlined to having like actual like subscription locked uh service uh, for a video so
1: oh like like nebula Mm. uh, we're gonna definitely
0: like see someone try that uh, several times on different uh, platforms uh, and fail until one of them uh, works out uh, somewhat uh...
1: yeah I don't know I I, I don't think this industry is going anywhere as far as like the content creation slash influencer industry I think it's gonna be around for a while until chat, chat GPT takes all of our jobs but (laughs) <laughs> um i i, I do kind of think that like we don't need to be too worried about ai taking our jobs because i think that like ai vtubers are a very specific audience and i don't think that will it will ever be yeah like vtubers in audience.
0: general it's like a, a little whole section huh?
1: yeah well i mean i i could do a whole podcast on why i think that vtubers have actually been around for a decade and they're it's just branding
0: but mm-hmm. like... i mean it's kind of like with a lot of things it's like a the same thing that's been around for ages, but it's kind of like packaged uh, differently.
1: It's just accessible now, and you. Don't, yeah. Well, I guess you, you still yeah. have to. You just you just now need to spend thousands of do- dollars on a model instead of a subscription service for a piece of software.
0: Yeah. Or if you talk about games like uh, vampire survivors, it's like oh, this whole new genre of games. No, it's a score attack game. It's been around uh, like decades.
1: <laughs> yep. No, li- literally, it's an it's an automatic uh, survival shooter. An ass is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So how do we wrap this podcast up? I'm trying to figure this out.
2: I don't know. Well, I'm going to say that I'm, I'm very glad that I found Twitch and that something that started as a hobby, I could make into a job.
0: Yeah, it's I been definitely like life-changing uh, in a lot of ways uh, that I didn't yeah. expect my life would go to. And usually, mostly in a good way.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, that there are ups and downs and currently i have a, a very much down. But still i wouldn't change it for anything i love this job
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i just wish that my brain worked correctly because then this job would be a lot easier
0: (laughs) yeah like the job is great Mm -hmm. the problem is me (laughs) (laughs) i agree (laughs) like you're definitely the worst enemy of your own uh, like a successor oh yeah yeah i
1: i love this job i love streaming i like making content I just wish that there was more people out there left from the era that I started in so that when I complained about people that complain about the way Twitch is now, they understood where I was coming from. Like when people complain that like, oh, the UI for Twitch is so bad or this site is so old. It's like, you should see what it looked like in 2012. <laughs> bah! Or it's like, oh my god, there's so much Twitch is lagging today, like, chat's not loading. It's like, in 2015, when League of Legends decided to do any kind of tournament, the entire site
2: would stop working, we just wouldn't stream that day. Yeah, for three days.
0: (laughs) It's
2: like, I understand, and I totally believe you, but also if you say, yeah, but back then it was worse, that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody, but like, be thankful for what you have and quit bitching! (laughs) God damn
0: it! You can always strive for better, (gasps) <gasps> it's totally. kind of like a, it's kind of like Finland is supposed to be like the happiest place on earth and we should be That's like the Disneyland. pinnacle of all the things yeah but then it's like and then <laughs> Finns are like how miserable are these other people <laughs> so like, you can always be better than what you are currently
1: totally
2: yeah Yeah. Um.
1: Well,
2: that, that was nice
1: all that being said hey discord let, let, let me just like pitch you an idea you know um what if uh, you just added a follow button to every single person's Discord ID, and then there was just like a tab, either like maybe like between the servers list and or like maybe when you click the Discord button, like up at the top of Discord, like the direct messages button. Maybe there was like a tab on that that was just like timeline, and then you could just like post a Discord status. You know, we could bankrupt Twitter overnight, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, we don't need Twitter, Discord. Come on, please that that would improve this business so much if I didn't need to go on Twitter anymore,
0: yeah, so much
1: well. so much,
0: kinda like a news page that pulls from all the servers and things,
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, I kinda echo your statements, I wouldn't trade this job for anything, but brain go up, brain go down sometimes brain underground, um but uh. Right now, i got to say, uh, if you like this episode of this podcast, uh, you should follow the people who've been on this episode. So, Kiri, who are you, and where can people find you on the internet?
2: I'm Kiri, and I've been streaming for about five years now. I stream strategy games and indie games, and you can find me on 2dkiri.com.
1: Bellinaire, who's still more relevant than Kotaku. Uh, where can people <laughs> find you on the internet? <laughs>
0: Uh, you can find... Like, like every Finn, you can always find us everywhere. We are the cockroaches of the internet. Uh, you kick a rock uh, on the internet, you find a fin under there. So you find <laughs> me also there. Uh, just Bellaner or Bell TV, literally any site uh, is me. Uh, yeah.
1: And and uh, for me, you can find me at uh, just B-L-I-N-D-I-R-L, basically anywhere. Um, and uh, for this podcast, if you want to find episodes of this podcast, you can find it at halcyonfrequency.com. And if you want to... Uh, like... listen to our whole backlog. That's really cool. And uh, if you happen to have like a very light spot in your heart where you really want to help out a poor, starving internet person, log into iTunes. I know, it's horrific. And uh, go to the uh, podcasting section and leave us a review over there. It's very difficult to get reviews for podcasts on iTunes and it's literally the only thing that actually promotes podcasts. That being said, if you would like to uh, support uh, this podcast on a podcast platform of your choice, of course, leaving a review is helpful. We are currently the 250 Fiftieth most popular video games and leisure podcast in Poland. So shoutouts to everybody listening to this in Poland. Oh, um, thank and you. and uh, aside from that, uh, new episodes go up every Sunday. So uh, till next week, don't touch that dial. This is Halcyon Frequency. Signing off.